0: Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, all right. Somebody's awake. Praise God. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. If you didn't get nothing else, that's enough. You got, you got life-changing stuff right there. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. That'll change your life if you let it. Amen? All right, let's get started. Anybody excited about the word? All right, wake that person up next to you, tell them you better not fall asleep. You better not text. You better not answer a call. I didn't see you go to the bathroom during the movies. You don't have to do it now. Just hang on. The next two or three hours is going to be smooth. Don't worry about it. Tell them. Amen. All right. Here's the I like to start with a quote. Here's our quote. Look before you leap for as you sow ye are like to reap. What? Who who said that? Look before you leap for as you sow ye are like to reap. See, many people, here's another quote, many people spend six days of each week sowing wild oats and then go to church on Sunday and pray for crop failure. Wow. That's good for the three people that got it. Praise God. I want to speak to you this morning about walking with purpose, walking with promise, about sowing and reaping in a message titled The Promise Bearer. We've been going through the book of Genesis, and, and if, you, if, if you missed the whole year, we've been going through the book of Genesis the whole year, and we're on chapter 28, and, and so it looks like it might take a couple more years, <laughs> Man. but it's all good, amen? We got 66 more books to come. How many more years to, until he comes? We'll keep, we'll keep studying and learning, Amen. Because it's, it's good. I don't know about you, but I'm growing as I'm, as I'm going through Genesis slowly. Because, you know, when you, when you go slow, you uncover stuff, right? You know how, uh, like, my, my father was like this. Everywhere he went, he walked fast, but he always looked down. And, and he would always find things. Like, he'd come home with all kinds of tonteria, boberia. Sometimes there'd be good stuff, right? But he would always find something because he was always looking. And so, you know, we're gonna we're going through the word just looking instead of just you know reading right past and 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 skipping the he got this, begot got this, this one, but got that, this one. You know, just kind of digging and saying what's in there and just looking and finding. Amen. So, all right, we left off last week. Jacob, he was on this long journey to Haran, right, to find a wife. You, you, you know the story. He tricked his father. He, he lied with his mother. You know, he, he was lying with his mother. And, and he's running from his brother, and, and you know, who wants to kill him. He's lonely. He's afraid. The sun goes down. He's in the dark. There's no shelter around him, no shade, no covering. And so he just lays his head down. He, he finds a rock and uses a rock as a pillow. And like you and I do many times, Jacob found himself in the hard place. And if you missed last week's message, I, I think you should maybe go online and get it. Because it's, it's not because it's any good or anything, but because we, we find ourselves in the hard place a lot of times. Amen? And so, you know, it, it's, it's always good to, to kind of get a, a, a different view. I want you to look at the hard place differently because in the hard place, God will meet you in the hard place. Sometimes God brought you to the hard place, and that's really what we need to, to change, amen? So we, 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 we talked about how God meets Jacob in this hard place through a vision and a dream, and the dream was amazing. It was this picture of a ladder with angels going up and down, and God appears at the top and, and releases the blessing on him. God releases the promise that God gave Abraham and passed down to Isaac and that Isaac had given had passed down to Jacob. And so this promise gets passed down and handed down. And now Jacob is the promise bearer. Now Jacob bears this promise. See, I, I started thinking about this and, and blessings and promises throughout the word of God, they were passed down through generations. You ever wonder about that? No, good. Um, many, many times the generation that the blessing or the promise was given to didn't even see it come to full fruition. Right? Many times the the actual people that God gave this promise and blessing to, they didn't even see it to full to, to see it come to full, you know, fruition. Why? Because they were promise bearers. They were given something, and their role in it was to hold it, to carry it, to guard it, to protect it, and then to pass it down to the next generation. Come on, we're going to get deep real quick. See, there the, are blessings and promises that have been handed down to you and I, and some of them are for us to enjoy and walk in right now. And then some of them are for us to guard, I mean with the jealousy, guard them and pass them down to the generations that God has has brought up behind us, right? See, the gospel is is a blessing, gives us both a blessing to walk in and enjoy as well as a promise to bear, to guard, to carry, and to pass on to the next generation. See, fam, we we can and we should be carriers of these blessings, carriers of the promises that our forefathers have passed down to us. If it wasn't for for them um, carrying and bearing this promise, we would be clueless today. We wouldn't know, right? So what's the problem? The problem is that when there is good, there's evil very nearby, amen? Anybody establish that? Anybody been where Paul says, every time I want to do good, evil is right there? And the good that I want to do, I don't do, but the bad that I don't want to do, that I keep doing? Right? Paul was a rapper. So, so the same way, the problem is the same way blessings can be passed down, the, the same way we can be bearers of promise, the, the promises that God has entrusted to us, there's a counterfeit. And, and blessings and promises can be carried and passed down to generations, but so can curses. See, there's always a, a, a counterfeit. And so we have to decide and, and constantly, daily decide which one we're going to carry. And so we need to ask ourselves, like, like Capital One says, what's in your wallet? What are you carrying? What's in your wallet, right? See, so many times we carry, I'm going to explain it to you, we carry the same hurts, the same abuses that were passed down to us. Right? What do they say? Abusers become abusers, right? Abusees become, right? We, we carry it and we pass it down. The, the same hurts, the same baggage that was given to us, we, we pass it down. And, and by those generations, a lot of this stuff got passed down to us by the generations before us that refused to worship God. That refused to walk in relationship with God. That refused to, 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 to you know, come to full fruition of what they were called to do. And so a lot of times we'll carry that, that counterfeit. And the thing about a counterfeit is that you don't always know that it's not real. Right? Anybody ever took money someplace and they took it back to you and told you? Yeah? I always wanted to do that, but no, that, that never happened. I guess I don't because they take it, right? And then they, you lose the money? It's not a good idea. See, but the thing about a counter, you don't always know. And so so listen, hear me out. You can be a well-meaning, church-going, card-carrying, ministry-forming, hand-raising, singing, shouting, human-video-performing, preaching, praise-dancing, flag-waving, choir-singing, head-bopping, Santo-shouting, Christian-rapping, T-shirt-wearing, fish-symbol on the car-rocking. But if you haven't gotten to the point where you can love God and love God's people, drop it. Amen. If, if you haven't gotten to the point where you can love God and it shows, where, where you can serve God and it shows in the way you talk, in the way you walk, in the way that you treat people, then you need to drop the thing that you're carrying because it's a counterfeit, it's a curse, and you will pass that junk on to, to the next generation and they will perfect it and make it worse than you. You still with me? See, we need to drop the, the counterfeit and pick up a promise today. Yeah? Anybody excited? Yeah. Let go. Let go of some stuff. Go like that. Get your fingers ready. Let go. Let go. We've been carrying stuff. Take stuff off your back. I mean, let go. Right? There's stuff that's been weighing you down. Just let go and, and, and let's get free today and let's pick up a promise. Amen? Here's a promise. The promises of God is he promised to supply every need that we have. Philippians 4.19. He promised that his grace is sufficient for us. 2 Corinthians 12.9. You know what that means? That his grace is sufficient for us. You know when we beat ourselves up and we say, man, I can never do what they do. I can never be who they are. I can never act like that. I can never, I'll never get it right. I'll never stop. God says my grace is sufficient for you. Somebody just grab that and go home. My, really, if you leave, I won't be upset right now. Just grab that. Say, my grace is sufficient. Sit down. My grace, your grace, God, is sufficient for me. You're all that I need. You've given everything to cover all the stuff that I've done. That's a promise. Grab that. He promised that all things work together for good to those that love him and serve him faithfully. Romans 8 28. I've seen that in my life. There's things God that I don't understand why I have to go through, but I see how you can make it work for good. I've seen it. Some things I'm still debating on, right? But but God knows, and I believe this promise, I hold on to it. He promises, look at this, somebody needs this one on this side. He promises that if we confess our sins, he'll forgive us. I wasn't singing to nobody, I'm just joking. On this side, this side. This is the sinner's side. He promised that if we confess our sins, Mario, Mary, you move today, you normally sit over there. God shouted you, I'm sorry, bro. He promised that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. 1 John 1, 9. Grab that promise. He promised that if we forgive others, we'll be forgiven. We we got, You got to grab that. See, a lot of times we want to get all holy up in church, but we don't forgive people. If we don't forgive people, God says, you're not forgiven. Isn't that like strong? And isn't it simple? When Not simple to forgive sometimes, but... When it depends on your forgiveness, when you say, wait a minute, God, if I don't forgive this knucklehead, you're not forgiving this knucklehead, you're forgiven, bro. (laughs) We're not going to be boys. We're not going to be friends or nothing, but you're forgiven. I forgive you, and that's okay. Amen? Amen. Because without forgiveness, we're not going to get forgiveness, and that's a promise that if we forgive, you want to find that Matthew, Luke, Mark, and John, it's in every gospel. He promised us victory over death. Look through the book of Acts. He promised us victory over death. Some people are scared to die. Bring it on. It it can't be any harder than this. Amen? He promised us victory over death. What's another promise? He promises to give us eternal life that we will never perish and that no one can snatch us out of his hand. John 10, 28. You know what that means? Nobody can snatch me out of his hands. Try as much as you want to. Amen? So, I mean, we, we, we need to ask ourselves this morning, every morning, every time we interact with somebody, in every relationship, every time we come to worship, every time we have an experience with God, in our prayers, every, in everything, ask yourselves, what am I carrying what am I guarding? What am I holding on to? And what am I passing down? Because we've seen it, right? We become our mothers and we become our fathers, right? And, and that's not always a good thing. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Because I got mothers and people here, you know, I got to chill out. So listen, ask yourself these things and, and, and say, you know, do I want the next generation to be just like me? And if what you're carrying is, if you don't like what you're becoming, if you don't like wh- what you've become, if you don't like what you're leaving, you need to drop it like it's hot, amen? And, and, and pick up a promise that we're going to pass on pick up a promise and run with it all right so so jacob wakes up he has this dream jacob wakes up it's in genesis 28 and it says jacob awoke from his sleep and he said surely the lord is in this place and i didn't even know it it's kind of a silly line because god is in every place right but but he had like a revelation, surely, and, and he might have even had some, some some twisted doctrine there, maybe. I don't know. He he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. And you know, a lot of times we we we, we misconstrue that and we say, Man, you know, God is in church. God, this is a warehouse. God is in every place, amen. He's in the hidden place, he's in when you're in the dark on the computer. When you're sending messages, he's there in, in every place. And so we have to have those, surely the Lord is in this place moments. And so, li- but, but listen to what Jacob does. He, he, he gets up, he takes the stone that he had as a pillow. He figures this is a really cool pillow. He, this must be like the magic. And so he sets it up as a pillar and he pours, pours oil over it. And he names this place Bethel, the place of God. Because he says, surely God is in this place. And then listen to what he says. Genesis 28, 20. He, he has this experience with God. He has this revelation from God. God gives him this, this vision and this dream. And God speaks to him and gives him this promise in this dream. And, and listen to what Jacob says. Genesis 28, verse 20. It says, then Jacob made a vow. <coughs> He said, if, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I go and give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you back a tenth. The first couple of times I read that, I said, this guy's crazy. He is insane. Do, do, do you hear the, 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 the way he, this is worded? See, God has blessed this man since he was out before he was in the womb, right? God spoke prophetic words over while he was still in the womb. He said that he was going to be blessed, that he was going to be first, that he was going to lead while he was in the womb. He, he didn't deserve that. He wasn't entitled to get the birthright, but he got it. He wasn't worthy of the blessing, but he got it. His parents shouldn't have lied for him, but they did. They shouldn't have protected him, but they did. He doesn't deserve to be sent out to get a godly wife now. He's on a, on a trip to go get a godly wife. He's not a godly man, but he, but, he, but he is. They did send them to go do that. He didn't do anything to deserve a visitation in a dream, but God gave it to him. He didn't deserve to be made a promise bearer confirmed by God himself. Understand the the ramifications of this promise that God gave him. It means that he would bear the promises that God gave Abraham and through his children would form the 12 tribes of Israel and eventually one of those tribes, the tribe of Judah, would come Jesus the Messiah. From his line, from this man, He he surely didn't deserve any of that. And God gives it to him. And what's his response? He puts oil on a rock. He says the place is holy. And then he makes a vow to God that to me sounds like let's make a deal. He says, if you'll be with me and you'll protect me on my trips and you give me food and you buy me clothes and if I make it all the way there and if I make it all the way back safe, then you can be my God. And of all that you give me, I'll give you back a tenth. Is that a sweet deal or what? How many of you take that deal? Give me money, buy me clothes, keep me safe. He sounds like a, like a gold digger, right? I ain't, no anyway. Give me money, buy me clothes, keep me safe, and then you could be my God and I'll even give you a tip, a tenth of whatever you give me. That means, God, for every ten goats you add to me, I'll give you one. Wow, right? What a man of God. That means for every hundred sheep you give me, I'll give you ten. That means for every hundred thousand pieces of silver you give me, I'll give you one hundred. See, when you say one hundred, it sounds like a lot, right? Come on, you guys do this when the tithing thing comes along. See, a hundred sounds like a lot right now, right? But it's only one tenth of what you've been blessed with. Isn't that that's really what tithing is, isn't it? For for you to give a thousand dollars means you were blessed with ten thousand, isn't it? Isn't that what that means? Now, here's an Old Testament practice mentioned twice so far in the first half of the first book of the Bible. Boy, it got real quiet up in here. We haven't even gotten to the law yet. The first book, the first half of the first book of the Bible, and it's come up twice already. It's obviously something that means something to God. I wonder why. Does God need our money? How many really think like, you know, your 37 bucks is really what's, you know, keeping the church in operation and everything? Like it's keeping God's word going forward and right? Does God need your money? Like if everybody here didn't give a penny, do you think God could still pay the rent? I know he can. I trust that he can. Because I can't have my trust in, in, in man. Amen? Because I know what it's like because I'm a man too. And sometimes when things get tight, that's the first thing that, you know, whoa, whoa, all right, maybe I'll just, you know. Next month, I'll double up. (laughs) Next month, I'll conveniently forget. Come on, can we be honest with you? Right? And so, you know, God doesn't really need our money, but it's a heart thing. It's a trust thing. It's really what what God is getting about. It's a worship thing. Where are you going to put your money? in the things that you trust in, the things that you love, the things that you want. And so to God, it's a trust thing. It's also another area I'm going to share with you where you can carry the curse or be a bearer of promise. Now, listen, everybody relax. I'm not taking another offering. Relax. Everybody just went. I'm not going to ask you to buy a $1,000 miracle. I'm not going to ask you to to buy a $1,000 prayer or a $1,000 prophetic word for the new year. Relax. But if it comes up in the word, I got to deal with it. Is that all right? If it comes up in the word, I got to teach it. I got to talk about it. See, the most quoted scripture regarding this topic is found in Malachi 10. I'll tell you the truth. When I went to go get envelopes printed, at the printer, you know, when we first kind of got together, and I said, "We well, said, well, we need envelopes with our name on them. The printer said, so I put Malachi 10 on it. <laughs> He's not even a Christian. He just knows that that's what you, you know, this is what, what everybody, you know, that's the one verse people focus on to get money. But the verse says, bring the full tithe, the tenth of your income. That hurts somebody right now into the storehouse, into the temple, that there may be food in my house, that there would be provision in my house. And thereby, this is the only place God says this, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. (laughs) I love that translation. Until there is no more need. Put that in your promise bag. Let me let me say one thing ab- about that. It is better to have $90 with a blessing on it than to have a hundred dollars with nothing. Amen. See, when it was ten dollars, giving a dollar is easy. When it's $100 giving 10 it doesn't even hurt that much. But when you start talking about giving a couple hundred dollars to the church, then you start focusing on what you're giving instead of what you're keeping. Come on, this is good stuff. See, sometimes God will keep us at the hundred level because we never see ourselves giving any more than that. Put that in your pockets, in your notes. Church, do what you want to with that. We are never, ever going to pressure you here, manipulate you here into giving what you don't have. I just want you to know what the word says because I don't want to keep you in immaturity any longer than you want to stay there. Amen? Amen? Enough said? So here we see Abraham talked about the tithe. Jacob is talking about giving God a tenth as he drops all of this. You do all this stuff and I'll do this for you, God. And now, you know, I, I read a lot of commentaries about this and not everybody sees it the way I see it. You know, a lot of people, they, they, they describe this passage and some people make Jacob sound very holy and very correct. Some people word it in a way that makes Jacob sound a, a lot more mature than I'm making him out to be. And that could all be true. It's all a matter of interpretation. But I started reflecting on that prayer, on that vow. And I realized, how many times have my prayers sounded like that? Have you ever prayed those if prayers? Come on. Those conditional prayers? God, if you... I'll... Right? God, if you do this, then you got me. If you just make Shorty fall in love with me, then I'm yours, God. If you just, if God, just, just, just four of the winning lotto numbers, that's it. God, just, and, and the supplemental or whatever that's called. God, just, just, God, if you, if God, you, I'll hook the sanctuary up. (laughs) I will hook that place up. I'll put so much light in there, that place will shine the whole block. If you just give me the the thousand for a week for life or something, God, I will... Can you imagine, God? We start bargaining. Can you imagine, God, what I could do for that church? Can can you imagine? We'll buy that building and we'll build three floors up and, and I'll do that without even just... God, I'll give you the tithe, man. They'll be good to go. Amen? They'll name it after me, the second floor. But, you know, I'll stay humble, God. I promise. I will be humble. Second floor will be my addition. <laughs> Everyone will know. My name will be across. Can I be honest with you? My wife and I got saved on one of these prayers. We were in a situation and we said, God, if you do this, we'll go to church on Sunday. We're hand to God. You ask her. We said, God, if you do this, and it wasn't pregnancy, we already messed that up. That was a whole different, this is a whole different thing. <laughs> Sorry. Just want to be real with you. I don't want to put up any fronts. We said, God, if you do this, God, we'll go to church on Sunday. And, 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 and then we, we, we weren't even, you know, holy people or nothing. We just did that. And then guess what? God did it, and we came to church on Sunday, and we never left. The first Sunday, we went, I don't remember the sermon, I remember the building, I remember the place, I remember who was preaching, it was at Crossway on Bruckner Boulevard there and and I remember uh, nothing else but knowing that I needed to get to the altar. Knowing that there was a challenge and I needed to come forth. And I know that I looked at my girlfriend at the time. She was just my shorty, real cute. You know, we were just, thought we was cooling. And and God just touched our hearts. and, And I knew I had to go up. I looked at her. She knew she had to go up. And we went up. We gave our hearts to the Lord at the altar and that was it. We never left. Never left. So, so, I'm not knocking these if prayers, but but understand that they're they're you know once you're 20 years in the Lord, and you're still dropping if prayers at God. Come on, grow up already, as Gary would say. But here's what blows me away about this whole situation, and I'm I'm, I'm finishing with this. Look, Jacob has sown some crazy stuff. He has done some wild stuff. Can we agree? He's done some grimy, dirty, shisty stuff. And and he's about to to start see some of that crazy that he's done come right back at him. As we go on, right? He's going to, this will have to be next year, but as we we go on, we're going to start to see, he's going to start to to reap what he's sown. He's going to start to see some of this come back to him. But listen, in the midst right now of all of his garbage, in the midst of all of his dirty laundry, the one thing that stands out to me and brings me to my knees in humility is that Jacob is a picture of you and me. Remember, she was the mom was a picture of the church. And, and there were two nations inside her belly and one nation were those that were going to serve God and the other nation were those that weren't going to serve God. And, and, and so Jacob is a picture of you and me. And, and the, if we're honest with each other, we don't deserve the blessings that we get all the time. We don't deserve that, that God would have a plan and a purpose for, for each and every one of us. In, in reality, the, the world looks at some of us as just mistakes that our parents made when they were young. <laughs> Anybody here like that? My daughters, keep your hands down. Many of us, we we don't deserve the destiny that God has for us. We don't deserve to have all these great and precious promises that we're reading. We are so unworthy. And as as I was typing this the other night, I I just, I started weeping. And I said, God, I'm so unworthy. I'm not worthy. Now, I'm not going to speak for you. Some of you might still think you deserve all the good things that happened to you. You might think that you're so good, maybe, you know, and maybe you do, maybe you are. But, but for me, I can tell you, me, I am so unworthy of all the blessings that God has poured into my life year after year after year. I am so unworthy to have a beautiful wife that loves, loves me, kids that tolerate me, friends that put up with me. There are times, if I could be honest with you, that I don't even feel deserving of having all of you come out week after week and listen to my feeble and inadequate descriptions of a magnificent and glorious God. But through His grace... Through his grace, he's given me his promises and, and, and that makes me a promise bearer. And I want everyone that knows me to know about this unmerited grace of God. And so what, what amazes me about Jacob and about the way God responds to this is like, like God did with Jacob... God is gracious enough to not call off the whole deal when he gets such a a carnal response from Jacob or a carnal conditional prayer from you and me. And instead, in Exodus 3, 6, he's willing to be called the, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he's willing today To be called your God. Come on, worship team, you can come. He's willing today to be called your God. See, fam, you you know this already, but Christmas isn't about the lights and the wrapping and the secularization of this whole thing. Is Christmas is about a promise. It's not about gifts, it's about the gift. And and listen if you if you're visiting today or if you wh- wherever you're coming from today how wherever your your mindset is at today I want you to know that you are a promise bearer that God called you to be a promise bearer that God put in us to to he sealed the promise in each and every one of us that are here and and all that we have to do is to guard this promise with a jealous love and to love it and, and to guard its integrity and to pass it on to the next generation. And so I just we 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 just need to do this before we we, we end today. If you have not ever, or if you have and, and been far from it, if you've never kind of received that gift. You've never said, God, I need the gift. I I, I want to put you back in Christmas, God. I need the the promise. Maybe listen, b- bow your heads for a moment. Maybe you've been carrying the curse. Maybe you've been carrying stuff that's been handed down to you and the stuff that's been handed down to you is you've been told you were an accident, you were a mistake, you were uh, good for nothing, I wish I never had you, I wish you would just disappear, I I wish you'll never be this, you'll never be that, you're going to be just like your mother, you're going to be just like your father. Whatever the curse that's been passed down to you, I want to just tell you that you can drop that today. You don't have to carry that. You don't have to leave here with that. You can, you can come to the, to, to the altar of God today, and that could be right in your chair. It doesn't have to be here. You can come to the altar. Just come in before God today, and you could come and, and look under the tree for that gift that has your name on it. And you can say, God, today I received that gift. I receive that promise. And then you you unwrap that promise, you take it and you say, God, you said you would supply all of my needs. God, you said your grace is sufficient for me. God, you said you would never leave me or forsake me. God, you said you would go with me. You said I'd be blessed and my children would be blessed and my children's children would be blessed. God, you say that you would order my steps, that you would be a light and a lamp unto my path, God. God, you said that that I would have victory over death. God, you said that I don't need to be afraid anymore, that I don't need to be alone anymore, that I don't need to be depressed anymore, that I don't need to hold on to unforgiveness and be bitter anymore. You said I don't have to be angry anymore. You said I don't have to be cursed anymore. So God today I'm dropping all of that and I'm picking up your promise. If that's you would you just stand right where you are? I'm picking up your promise, God. I'm dropping I'm dropping everything else like it's hot. I'm dropping it, God. I'm getting rid of it, God. I need you to just kind of, you know, I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray. I need you to just pray for a moment. I need you to just say, God, listen, the, the way that I've been walking or the things that I've been doing, that's not what I want to be doing. God, I, I want you to lead me. Just start to pray a simple prayer like that. Say, God, I, I receive your promises. I I release the curses. And 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 God, but before I leave here today, I want a promise to be sealed inside of me, and I want to walk out of here as a promise bearer. Say that just pray that to yourself say say Jesus I God I accept the gift that you put under the tree for me, God, the gift that you had nailed to the tree for me, God, so that my sins can be forgiven, God. That's the tree that I respect this time of the year, God. That's the tree, God, that, that, that bore all of my sin, That the, where the, your blood was spilled, that I can be cleansed and washed, where your body was broken, that I could be made whole. That's, that's our tree today, God. And after you've done that, would you just come down, man? You're a promise bearer. Come on. Just come down and let's worship together. Let's worship together. And the rest of the promise bearers, you could come along them, come alongside and stand with them. Yeah. Come on. Come on, let's give God, let's give God a, a hand. Come on, let's give God some praise.